Thank you to our friends from the circus for their wonderful music. Welcome to Airtime, a basketball podcast from two currently awestruck basketball fans. My name is Vikram. Hey guys, this is Nishrat. If you guys are new or old listeners, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox and more. So Nishrat, before we dive right in, why are we currently awestruck? I'm going to answer your question with a question of my own. What time is it? Day time. Oh yes, baby, he's back. He's exactly. back with a bang. And that might not be the only reason we're all struck, but that's a large part of it. And around that just all the things that have happened in the restart. I don't think anybody could have predicted and clearly my uh, thoughts or my assertions of being a prophet have gone horribly horribly wrong. Um but uh, looking at how teams have played, you know, seeing the Suns go on a 7-0 tear, um the nets have actually gone past the the magic and are on the 7th seed they beat the bucks i mean all the stuff that has happened in the restart is just it's left me completely awestruck there's no other word if you would have told me rather last year or or even before the restart that i would care so much or so deeply about the 8th seed in the western conference uh table i wouldn't have believed you but just that 8th seed and the positioning and the fight for it and the play in tournament that's going to happen and stuff has raised the level of excitement of this nba restart to a whole new level because the teams that are up on top like we'll talk about it later but like the lakers and the clippers you know you'd know that they'd load manage or whatever it is and the east kind of even though even if it was just only 19s but like they kind of suited up really quickly this eighth seed fight between the spurs the suns uh the pelicans or it was they were in it and the blazers and the grizzlies is just it's just making for fantastic basketball and so i think to see the kind of competition we have and just the way the games have played out it's as if the stars have aligned to just get us this crazy last day of 8 seed basketball where i mean you're looking at what teams need to do to actually sort of uh, to decide who gets that 8 seed and it's so convoluted like it's not even it's not as simple as if you win your game you'll make it through uh-uh. like the suns even if they go 8 and 0 the suns may still not make it into uh, the 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 playoffs even if they go 8 zip at the restart so there are all these formulas all these calculations i'm sure these guys are all sitting in front of a board with like i don't know calculators trying to figure out what they need to do to get yeah. through I mean if you're a player all you need to just focus on is you need to win and then the rest is out of your control this 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 used to this happens sometimes in like english premier league football as well like you know the last day where all the teams are playing and they all play at the same time and then you have to wait for that team to lose or that team to draw or then you have to score this many goals it's the exact same thing and i'm loving it so just to just to recap and by the time this episode's out unfortunately we'll already know who uh, locks in that 8th and 9th seat but just to recap for the listeners out there we have grizzlies versus the bucks tonight uh we have the suns facing off against the mavs at the same time uh then two and a half hours later we have the spurs going up against the jazz and then two and a half hours later just just to leave it for the absolute last we have the blazers going up against the nets so this is super confusing but just to just to keep it straight forward if the blazers win then they're getting the 8th seed no matter what no matter whatever else happens um the how who who comes into the 9th seed who comes into the 8th seed there are a lot of combinations of if these two lose in that day win etc etc the only other two key data points to focus on is if the suns lose they're out and if the spurs lose they're out rest it's all up in the air if the suns win and the grizzlies lose and the spurs win and then this happens and that happens i don't know but i know that i'm going to wake up tomorrow morning with some really confused data to absorb and i just cannot wait 
Um, I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to go sleep. I'm just going to be watching the games. It's just too exciting for me do, to pass out. Do that Blazers game so late. I just, I hope I stay up, but I don't know if I'll be able to. Come on, you can you can do it. If Dame Time can go crazy, shoot shots for the entire game, you can like stay up to watch him play. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Dame Time, dude. Let's talk about Dame. Let's let's talk about what the man has been up to the past two games. Yeah, I mean, it's been absolutely insane. So we know Dame can go into Dame Time anytime he wants, right? He didn't start off in the hottest for the last few games. You know, he scored fifty plus, and he again tied his career best uh, scoring record in the last game with sixty-one points. And maybe even if that's not enough, what? basically showed to me that what he's doing is just divine providence is that there was a shot somewhere late in the fourth quarter but it was a very close game against the Mavericks they were they were three behind yeah they were three behind and they had Finney Smith guarding him with the you know which was decent defense and he basically launches it from near the logo which in itself isn't so surprising because it's you know it's Damian Lillard in Dame time he does that often but the ball soars hits the back of the rim jumps up and then just falls through the net. Like you would have thought that would have been a miss, uh, a miss but yeah. I don't know, something's going on. I know it's like he, a, it was like a once in a lifetime shot. You can't you can't hit that shot if you try a thousand times. And uh it, it just yeah, again, it just it just goes to show that there are a lot of forces in the works here and helping Dame out whenever he needs it. But the Blazers have been on a tear. They've been they've been kind of grinding these guys as well. Dame um, and CJ McCollin are the top two players in terms of number of minutes played um, in the restart. And, you know, you have players like uh, like like Devin Booker in there. You have players like, understandably, and you'll have like uh, Tim Hardaway from Mavs. But the most surprising stat is that Carmelo Anthony has the fifth most minutes played in this restart. So that just goes to show that they are grinding these guys hard. They're doing all they can to make the playoffs. And it's showing. They've already leapfrogged the Grizz into the eighth seed. And... Um, they probably are going to finish either 8th or ninth, So they're kind of secure when it comes to everyone else. The Pels we know are already out. But a lot to play for still for the Spurs and the Suns and the Grizzlies as well. Yeah, I mean, also they're, they're playing an 8-person rotation. So every player there is obviously going to get a lot of minutes. I'm really happy to see Carmelo Anthony finally back and doing well. Uh, and he specifically started doing well in the restart. Uh, I always thought he was a great player uh, back in the day, so it's pretty awesome. And just letting you know, the Blazers do not for sure have the ninth seed. If the Blazers lose and any of the other two teams win, they could still be out. So there is a very small chance that the Blazers could still be out, but it's only if they lose the next game and they're taking on the Nets. Where again, generally I would have said, no problem, they'll easily beat the Nets, but given the current bubble situation, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, the Nets even beat the Bucks, so, you, you know. You can't call a game, you can't call a series, nothing, and it's going to be evident when Nishad and I talk about um, our airtime bracket and what our predictions was, because especially in the West, man, everything is up in the air. Since we're on the topic of the 8th seed, why don't we give a shout-out to the Phoenix Suns and, uh, the, and, and mostly Devin Booker here. Uh, Everyone's known he's he's a great player. It's it's been pretty pretty clear to see. And then the whole narrative of uh, how he's wasting his time in the Suns. Draymond Green apparently came out on um, NBA on TNT and he said that that my, my man needs to get out of there and uh, all of that. And he's now going to get fined by the NBA for saying stuff like that. But he's been carrying this Phoenix Suns team who've gone seven and zero since the restart, which unbelievable. No one would have <laughs> thought of. Yeah, I mean that would have been that's one of the strangest things that have happened uh bucks beating the uh sorry bucks being beaten by the nets is probably more believable than the suns going seven and oh and i'd said that i'd asked this question in one of the older episodes that what if uh you know the devin booker and deandre ayton play like they do on nba 2k20 and it seems that's the kind of game they yep. brought because the suns are seven and oh 
and you know like devin booker it's been very very clear um even across this whole season the last season as well that he's a massive player for this team he's a great player deandre ayton kind of underperformed last season his rookie year but uh, and even like during this season he tightened up his defense a little bit he started playing a little better but during the restart specifically he's played so so well and finally the suns team is looking like what it was supposed to last season when they uh, ended up drafting Aiton. So I'm just happy that these guys are coming together and playing well. And even if they do miss out on the playoffs, uh, they, they'll have something positive to look back on and build from. So starting off next season, I have much higher hopes from the Suns team than I did even starting off this season. And I mean, also with the Suns, the other team that, you know, just from a story perspective of what my heart tells me should happen is the Spurs. This is this is the chance that they might break the 22-year-old streak of getting into the playoffs. Don't I mean, count think them about out, it this dude. Way. Do not count think, them out. Think about it this way. The last time the Spurs did not make it to the playoffs, Luka Doncic wasn't even alive. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just cutting them left yeah. and center right now. So, I mean, they, yeah, they don't, call, they don't count Pop out. He's playing this random-ass guard rotation where DeMar DeRozan is basically playing the four. So he's tried everything he can. It's great for the young talent because they've got a bunch of young guards and I think this will help them in the coming years. But and also sure, a young uh, sort of coaching setup as well. I think that's really helpful for them too. Yeah, but I still I wouldn't count them out. There's still a chance the Spurs make it through. Yeah, exactly, dude. Ever since the 2014 title, each and every year, you know, like when Le- Leonard not playing for an entire year, then Leonard leaving and then that team looking in shambles. Each and every year... Okay, Spurs look like they're not going to make it to the playoffs. They just scrape through. They just scrape through. They just, and this year, we were like, okay, Spurs are not going to play the playoffs. And then, oh, Spurs are going to play in the bubble. Hmm, should we? Should we count them out? Should we not? Should we count them out? And yeah, you should not never, ever count out the San Antonio Spurs. They have as good a chance as the Phoenix Suns to make it. And the Phoenix Suns went 7-0 and since the restart. That just goes to show that they're always in the fight. And... Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I just cannot wait for these four games to happen tonight. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And I know Dame Time is going to bring it again. I think the interview after the last game, that amazing game against the Mavericks, he basically said what we've spoken about. He said, you know, I asked a chance to get in. They gave me that chance and I ain't going home. Yep. And that's basically how he's playing. Yeah, and then it, it also doesn't help that Pat Bev and all these guys are firing him up. Can you just, guys, stop? You're, you're fueling the competition. When are you going to get it? That... All your tactics do not work on Damian Lillard as they're supposed to on other players. So Game time does exist, you have to believe. <laughs> you have to believe, man. I cannot wait. Um, since we've spoken so much about the bracket, why don't we just dive right in, Nishrit? So we predicted our first round matchups. Uh, basically, we predicted our top eight seeds. Uh, let's just tackle the East first because it's easier to get through. Because uh, we ended up doing pretty well with the East, so uh, I'll just the I, seven and eight seed, which we both got completely wrong. Yeah, com- and and well, completely wrong differently, not yeah. just like the the same mistakes. So really quickly, I'll run through mine. Bucks clinch first. That's obvious. Uh, Raptors clinch second. That was fine. Um, Celtics clinch third. That was great. And Heat clinch fourth. That was great as well. Uh, my clutch change of switching around the Pacers and the 76ers came in handy as well because the Pacers finished fifth and the 76ers finished sixth. Uh, where I goofed up was that, and I feel like most people would have done this as well, I predicted the Magic to stay in their seven and Nets to finish eighth, but the Nets ended up leapfrogging the Magic. So uh, that's where I'm going to lose out two of my points from the first round in the East. How does your look? 
I mean, from the top, it's pretty similar to yours. Uh, and let's just say I made the Pacers versus 76ers switch first. But anyway, so I made that switch as wow. well. So for me, <laughs> the top six sort of match up the same as yours. Um, but yeah, I got the bottom two wrong as well. I had the Magic at seven. And I actually had the Wizards somehow making it to the eight. The Wizards. Which, which was a tough uh, decision. But I figured, you know, something, I have to predict something crazy. And then if it happens, that's when people will remember me as a god, which didn't. But uh, you, you got you to gotta aim, you got to uh, fail fast and hard is what I believe. So anyway. Sure. <laughs> Sure, that that's not. In so fact, I, in fact, so remember I we the, were. I was trying to convince you to to change Wizards to Nets as your uh, uh, one allowed change, and then you didn't do that, and that was a clutch move because the one that you did end up changing the Pacers to the 76ers got you two points, and uh, changing the Nets with the Wizards wouldn't have still got you any points. Yeah, Russell lost everything. So yeah, I made the right decision. So I'm I'm still I'm still happy with it. I mean, I could never have predicted, uh, you know, the Bucks losing to the Nets. That was I saw it happen. I saw it live. And even though, you know, the Nets took on basically the second uh, tier of the Bucks, this was a Nets team that didn't have any of its top five scorers playing. They had players from the G League who'd just come in on two-way contracts and somehow they just won it. To me, it seemed like one of those, you know, those sports movies where there's a downtrodden team that against all odds comes through and beats the number one seed or something like that. It's, <laughs> the, it's the classic uh, nothing to lose mentality, man. When you're going in with nothing to lose, you actually end up playing better uh, because there's no pressure. I... Uh, and the Bucks, you know, like you like you mentioned, the second string playing, so they have a lot to prove. It's going to decide like who Budnozer chooses to like um, throw into rotations and stuff like that. So they're still playing with some pressure there to like show up and like show their coach and their team like they're good enough and stuff. When Nets come in, nothing to lose. Seventh, eighth, who gives a damn? I'm just going to play my game, and then they did it. And they were just jacking threes all over the place, like they didn't care. And then yeah. just, some of them went down. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. That's 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 what. That's what uh, Dan Tony tells the Houston Rockets every night before a game. <laughs> just, just jack your threes and we'll figure it out. Okay, so that's the East. Uh, we're essentially going to end up with six points out of eight. Um, for, uh, a total of maximum eight uh, in the East. Let's jump to the West now, man. This is uh, kind of a crapshoot here. So Lakers with one. We both got that. Hurrah. Um, <laughs> Clippers with second, which actually came close to not being second. And we'll talk about that in a second as well. Too many seconds here. Sorry. Um, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, just completely unpredictable. Um, and seventh, I have Mavs, which is correct as well. And eighth is undecided. I have Blazers as my pick and I hope that comes through. So if that, if that does come through, then I'm going to end up with a total of four points out of a possible eight. Yeah, so for me, like I said, like you said, Lakers and Clippers, I had them one and two as well, which they've locked down. The Nuggets locked down the third, uh, which also uh, sort of I had predicted. Uh, but again, this was this was close, right? The Nuggets had a very strong chance of making it to that second seed. They actually played today morning where they played the Clippers. And I was a little surprised by what they did. So going into the fourth quarter, the Nuggets were leading and they pulled the entire starting lineup and basically ended up losing to the Clippers. And again, and I, and I mentioned this earlier as well, there is no home court advantage to play for, right? You're all playing in the same area. So the only things you're looking at are, are basically matchups and the best way for you to go through. And maybe it might have been in the back of the, their heads that for the Nuggets, you know, the, uh, the uh, Jazz are a better matchup than the Mavericks. Because just earlier that day, the Rockets had lost. So there was no way the Rockets are going to catch up to the third. So in terms of that, the, law, the, you know, the, the fear of losing their third seed was gone. Um, and I think they might have just played for the matchup. 
I can't confirm this, but that's. I think that that is something that's going through uh, you know teams' heads. No, it's completely possible, dude. Facing facing the Mavs versus facing the Jazz with your Nuggets lineup, I think better, much better suited for Jazz. I also think what plays into the Nuggets mindset there is the form the Jazz have shown since the restart. Rudy Goldberg seems like he's not at the same level he was even before the 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 NBA paused. So that is something that look um, Nikola Jokic is probably relishing as well. So I think I I, I totally see it happening. I, I can totally believe it if it's true that the Jazz kind of tanked mid game so that they could just secure that third spot and uh, play that series with the Jazz. Yeah, but now the uh, the Jazz tanking and the Thunder playing better than we expected. So this is something we both got wrong. So the Oklahoma City Thunder which uh, I had as six seed, and I think you also had as a six seed, yep. is actually the four seed now. Um, so at, at the way it looks right now, we've got the Thunder at the fourth seed, the Rockets at the fifth seed, the Jazz at the sixth, and as you said, the Mavericks at the seventh. So these are locked in. These are what the seedings will be. And this is where basically it goes haywire for us. Um, I had the Rockets at the four and the Jazz at the five. And then I had the Nuggets at the three and the Thunder at the six, right? Which basically gets moved around. But luckily, unlike what's happening for Vikram, the teams I've picked to be in the semifinals can still be correct. So I've still got that yeah. one for me. What a, what a worst luck out you just had there. Because <laughs> even though you still stand to make a maximum of four points, you still you could still uh, uh, make all your points in the round two matchups if the Rockets win their match and the Nuggets win their matchup, which I feel like they will. I mean, Rockets against Thunder is going to be a fun series, but I still give it to the Rockets to to win that. And... Nuggets and Jazz, I, I think Nuggets are going to be overwhelming favorites. Um, it's really weird because if uh, my actual change that I did in the last episode for the West was that I thought the Rockets are going to leapfrog the Nuggets and take the third seed and the Nuggets would stay fourth. If I wouldn't have made that change, then I would have been in a much better position to uh, uh, see out my round two. So yeah, I, I currently have three points. I only stand to make one more if the Blazers come in and Nishrit's already on four points. Yeah, but think about it this way. At least you got the matchup of the Nuggets and the Jazz right. Completely wrong position, but they're still playing each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the Rockets and Thunder matchup as well. Completely wrong. My, both my matchups in the first round, all my matchups in the first round are absolutely correct, assuming Blazers make it. Except they're in the wrong seeding, so they don't count. Um, so that's that's where we stand with the uh, with the bracket. It's it's kind of up in the air. I think round two for you looks much better than round two for me, especially in the West, because uh, I've I have a Lakers Nuggets series now, uh, which is not even possible because of the seedings, and I have a Rockets Clippers series again, not even possible. So I just hope the Lakers and the Clippers make it through. Otherwise, I'm going to lose a shitload of points. Speaking of the Lakers, man, um, what's going on there? Have you been seeing their matches? Yeah, I mean, it's a mixture of maybe already having locked up the first seed. Um, and then even, I don't know, I mean, I've heard and, and you also stated before that a lot of things seems to be happening off the court there as much as it is on the court, as much as it is on court. So I think there's a lot of things going on there that we're not completely privy to. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how they go into the playoffs. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think. I think LeBron said this. I might be wrong, but he said that there's something along the lines of there's something going on off court which we can't talk about, uh, which is sort of impacting our performance. So if they don't sort that out come playoff time, and they actually come up against a red hot Blazers who might be tired, fine, because they're playing a lot of minutes, but they can at least take one series. I think that's going to make it a very very tough first round series for the Lakers to play a red-hot Blazers with their shit not sorted, off-court, on-court, rotations, whatever it is. 
I think that's going to make for a really, really interesting first round matchup. And you know, I, I completely agree with you. And looking at you know, looking at the games uh, and looking at sort of the matchups that we're going to be seeing in the playoffs. When we first spoke about this season, I could have told you that maybe you know four teams are the team that realistically have a chance of winning. But looking at what's happened since the restart, I can't even say that. I mean, I think that ten teams have a chance of winning. All eight teams in the West have a chance of going through. I feel and winning the championship. Maybe not the Jazz so much based on how they've been doing, but everybody else has been either has had their ups and downs and have. We've seen them at moments where they're just really hot. So, I mean, I could see any of the eight teams in the West somehow waking up and going and winning the championship. And I can see at least four or five teams from the East doing the same. And I don't think we've ever had that much sort of uncertainty about picking a favorite uh, in any playoff that we've seen. And of course, this is a very different playoff. It's a very different setting. It's the first time we've ever seen it. But I think that's massively added to the amount of fun and excitement that we're seeing today. I completely agree, dude. It's you give these guys like two and a half, three months off. You give them eight to ten games to sort of warm up and get into the playoff mindset. Of course, and and you get a lot of these teams healthy. Look at Blazers; they're benefiting so much from Nurkic being back and Collins being back and all these guys. So, it's it's a really really tough matchup. Regardless of uh, you know, remember last episode we were talking about what's the easiest road or what's an easy matchup. There's no easy matchup even even in the even in the East, I guess, except for maybe Bucks and Nets and 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 Raptors and Magic or whatever. Everything from three to seven uh, or or maybe four to six in in both the conferences, such tough matchups, and there's no easy road to the final. It's just going to be all in pedal to the metal basketball, and I can't wait. Which actually, um, something I want to bring up related to that, the ratings for the NBA are weirdly really, really low for some reason. It's it's as if the the absence of fans being there or whatever it is. There are a bunch of reasons for that, uh, apparently, because now there are daytime games in the US. That's, that's not helping out as well. But they're like really, really low. The only team that's been holding up uh, its usual ratings are the Lakers. And that's understandable because they are the Lakers and it's LeBron James and stuff. But uh, weirdly, the ratings are super low. So I hope they come up because I know the NBA relies on these ratings and the revenue earned from them so much for the season that comes after. So I hope it picks up. Maybe in come playoff time, it'll start normalizing and pick up again. But in terms of quality of basketball, I feel like it's, if not the same, but much better than or much higher than it was before the before the NBA paused. I mean, I think a lot of the teams that uh, that were sort of didn't have a chance of making the playoffs to cut from the schedule. So you just have better teams playing each other. And yeah, I think all of that has just uh, come to basically just seeing a great uh, level of play. Yeah, I agree, man. All right. So that wraps up uh, everything that we had in terms of updates about our brackets. We're going to check in with everyone who's uploaded their own brackets and see how you guys are doing as well. Um, if you're faring better than Nishtit and I, then uh, whatever, dude. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to talk about the last thing, which I'm actually pretty interesting about. Uh, the best bubble baller or the best bubbler, as I like to call it, the best player since oh, yeah. the restart of the NBA. Um, I have a few candidates here, namely four. I'm just going to lay my cards on the table, Nishrit. Um, certain Damian Lillard, I think you've heard of him. <laughs> then there is this other dude from uh, uh, somewhere in Europe called Luka Doncic. Then uh, there's the beard, James Harden, always ever present in any best player conversation, as seems like for the past four years. And uh, Devin Booker, just because of everything that we spoke about. So a couple of cases to be made for uh, a few players here. But before that, um, any any name that you want to throw into the ring? 
I mean, I think I'd completely agree with the names you've put in there. Uh, I think uh, Lillard, of course, we've seen what he's done the last few games. He's averaging 37 points, 9.3 assists over these last eight games, which is just insane. Hey, and 4.5 rebounds. Huh? Don't discount those. Four rebounds. And 4.5 rebounds, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, in terms of just overall metrics, Luka Doncic, I, just, I don't know, I understand like, what planet he's playing on, right? He's averaging 32 points per game, 11.3 assists per game, 11 rebounds per game. I mean, he's averaging a triple-double. Uh, but... A, Pretty high triple-double uh, at that. So, I mean, he's been basically unconscious as well. Uh, a few players that you didn't mention is Giannis is also... The games he's played, he's done pretty well. You know, he's kept up his MVP play. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll win the MVP of the bubble, but he's definitely kept his the same sort of level that he's been at. Yeah. And the early favorite for MVP of the bubble was TJ Warren, who had some insane, uh, you know, games where he scored 50-plus points twice so far in the restart. Yeah. He's... Now he came back down to earth a little bit, uh, maybe also because the Indiana Pacers sort of got to the position they were looking at in the playoffs as well. But even then, he's averaging about 29 points per game. So these guys I would put in there. But yeah, I think at the top of that, he probably, even for me, is Lillard and Luka. I agree. I think there's a case to be made for Harden as well. 35.3 points per game. And uh, which, just see how casually I'm saying 35.3 points a game. He's going 35 points a game. That's no joke. 8.7 assists, 9 rebounds, um, and 3 steals a game. Uh, that's that's something which is very unhardened like He's uh, leading the NBA in steals per game this season. And up until last season or even like mid of this season, the whole fallacy of James Harden does not defend. That's been completely debunked now. Uh, Devin Booker, I mean, just the fact that his team's going 7-0, and uh, his numbers aren't close. It's 31 points, 6.1 assists and 4.6 rebounds. But I think his team going 7-0 and has a lot more to do with his team than he is. He's you, We know that he can average these numbers. Uh, but I think it's Aiton and all those guys uh, coming together, Ricky Rubio and like just that team performing as a team now which is the biggest reason that they're doing 7.0 so i'm just going to immediately discount him um oh that's i mean that's a little mean he put up some numbers he's trying hard he's trying hard he's playing great he's playing absolutely great without him there is not even a one percent chance that phoenix suns go seven and oh but um even if they go eight and oh firstly it's a problem that they had that they had to go on this run and still there's a chance they won't make the playoffs First and foremost, that's something. But if we're only talking about the restart, then I think even if you take Aiton out of that team, or even even a smaller piece like Ricky Rubio, if you take him out of the team, that team is not going seven and zero. Whereas if you take anyone out of the Blazers, it's still going to be what's happening. If you take anyone out of the Mavs, barring Persingis, maybe it's still going to happen. Harden is already played two games without Westbrook, so we know the damage that can be done. So, if we talk about a most valuable player and the effect they have on their team, I think Booker to the Suns is the least. What do you think? I think Booker's done a good job, but what I can't disagree with is for sure. I think uh, uh, Damian Lillard over the last few games, specifically, and you know him turning it up. The only reason the Blazers make it through. Uh, to the playoffs is going to be Dame time and you can't discount that which is why I think he should be the front runner and Luca, I mean maybe the Mavericks haven't won as many games which is why he's uh, you know a little bit low but just the kind of numbers he's putting up and you know the Mavericks haven't looked sort of the best we we knew they could be a dark horse we knew they could have uh, ups and downs in the way they would play but Luca has just been consistent throughout on every on every side of the floor so I, I think he's he's definitely has to be in contention there as well but I'd give I'd, I'd give Lillard sort of the the jump on that one. I think he, he he's the one who should take it. I agree. And just a few points, and this is this is not to like 
throw shade on Luca. I love Luca as a player. I think he's he's fantastic. He's redefined how basketball needs to be played. And uh, given another year at this level, he's going to be known as yeah. Given another year at this level, he's he's going to be known as the best scorer in the NBA right now. The a few people are still on the fence between you know sometimes James Harden. Once Kevin Durant comes back, you know he's going to be in the running for that title. But the way he creates baskets, it's at will. From wherever you you push him to on the floor, he's going to score from there. So, and he's now turning into this triple double machine, which is clear to see. Uh, the only thing the only thing I have to discount there is that his stats look much more attractive because it's a triple double stat line, uh, thirty two eleven point three eleven. If if that rebounding number would have been at a nine or an eight, it wouldn't look that attractive. And I know those rebound stats can be padded really easily, especially on the defensive side of things. So. Uh, that's one thing. And the other thing is that these Mavs never challenged for that sixth seed, which theoretically they could have. Uh, they were they started the bubble in the seventh and they stayed in the seventh. They kind of took their time to get into the flow of things. I think they came into the uh, into the bubble uh, preparing to be the seventh seed and figuring out all they need to from a team perspective, rotation perspective, minutes perspective, which is what they've done. They've, they've gotten... Uh, Porzingis to the level that he needs to be performing at. They have Luca at the level. They have Tim Hardaway and all of these guys at the level they need to be performing at, so that when they do play the Clippers, which was kind of inevitable, they know and they're ready. So I think that was the focus uh, for the team. If the focus would have been the sixth seed or anything like that, I totally could have expected Luca to be putting up like a thirty-five, fifteen, and seven stat line or something crazy like that. Yeah, we just say that out nonchalantly as well. Thirty-five, fifteen, and seven. But definitely, Luca can do that. What I do like, though, is that, uh, you know, as as we knew that the NBA is going to be uh, basing the regular season awards only on uh, the games before the restart. So I'm happy that the NBA is actually officially giving out an award for the best player of the restart. And they are officially giving out uh, first team and second team of the restart. So I think that should be uh, fun to see what happens. And our pick, I guess, for both of us at the moment is Damien Lillard for that player. Yep, it's it's pretty straightforward, man. If, if we would have been doing this or if we would have been having this chat like, three days ago then it would have been a close call but especially the last two games what Dame Lillard has done 37 points a game holy hell <laughs> who averages 37 points a game and uh, also it's I think it's a nice touch that the NBA has announced to do this because ever since they announced that all of the NBA awards the MVPs and stuff like that will uh, all the data from the bubble is not going to be taken into account and then they compensated for that by saying that there's going to be a special awards for the bubble I think that's the right call because I feel like the bubble is not a reflection of of the season Regular per life. se. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it it isn't right. Like the break and then uh, a lot of teams not playing and stuff like that. So it's it's it is a little warped. So to discount that from your regular season awards, I think I think it's a good call. And especially when you couple that with the fact that you're going to give out awards specific to the bubble, because there are some names in here. T.J. Warren, like he would have never been in contention for any award if this season would have been a regular season. So it's 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 awesome that they're uh, they're tipping their hat to the players who've stepped up their game, used this time to become better or something like that, and then and then uh, actually showing it in the bubble. So I'm I'm pretty glad it's happening for me. It's the best bubbler baller is uh, Dame dude. Um, he's he's. He's backing up everything that he said before the restart with performances on court. And there's absolutely nothing better to see than that in sports. Yeah, I agree. Everything I think it's been super exciting to watch. And luckily we have, well, at least one more game of that and hopefully a lot more once he gets into the playoffs. 
just give him the eighth seed so that we can see him play the Lakers, dude. I just cannot wait. And uh, not to not to be a hater, I mean, I actually really like Anthony Davis. I like that Lakers team and and how they play basketball and stuff like that. But I still want them to be a little rocky and unstable come uh, the series, just so that we can have an exciting four three. If if it goes a four three, I'd be happy if either team goes through. I don't care. I just want seven games. Well, I mean, if it's if the if the Lakers don't go through, your your bracket's basically shot. <laughs> it's fine, man. Like you you win some, you lose some. The only the only downside of it yeah, going you to a seven none at that point. No, I'm kidding. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my the only downside of that actually happening, bracket aside, Nishra, just just to be clear, in real life, I'm talking about is that if Lakers and Blazers go seven games, and even if Blazers go through, whoever they play in the second round, they're going to be at a dis- they're going to be at a massive disadvantage because of the amount of minutes they would have played since the NBA restarted. Especially like CJ McCollum, Dame, and Carmelo, because these guys are already playing by far more minutes than anyone. Just like because you said, because of the eight-man rotation, and then ending up playing seven games against Lakers, which is definitely going to be grueling. It's going to put them at an instant disadvantage for the second round, and that's most likely going to be against the Rockets. Which, nope, not fun. Yeah, completely agree. That's going to be tough for them, but I guess we shall see what happens. For now, I guess we're just super excited for the last few days of reg- last few days of regular season games. I know, man. I cannot wait, and I cannot. Uh, I hope I stay up tonight just to watch all of these games. And we're gonna come back at you next week with, well, decided seeding lineups, decided everything, and uh, we know the playoffs are starting August seventeenth. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Airtime Podcast. Let us know what you guys thought of our picks. And we're going to be checking your entries for the Airtime Bracket and seeing who's winning, who's losing. You better not be ahead of me in the shred already because I'm going to be pissed. And next time we meet you guys, it's going to be in the thick of the playoffs. So cannot wait to see. I am predicting, Nishit, I'm the prophet right now. I'm predicting next time we record this episode, Lakers and Blazers are going to be tied uh, one all. All right. Uh, this one, I'll actually remember. So I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. I had no idea about when, which matches just randomly out there. If it's 1-1, uh, you, have to, you have to agree that I'm the prophet and you don't know anything. All right, done. All right, guys. Thanks. That was our episode. And we're going to catch you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.